If you smell what Scarlet Report is cooking, then you know it is time for another Friday Rutgers Scout cast. I am your host, the Rutgers publisher on the Scout Network, Sam Hellman. Welcome to another show, another show that's packed full of Rutgers football discussion and information. I loved the conversation I had with our guest that's coming up in the body of the show. And Brian Doan will be back talking some more Rutgers football, Rutgers recruiting. We'll talk a little bit about some of our maybe a little too critical discussion last week and talk about what we learned coming out of the first week of training camp. After that, we're going to get into our mailbag segment this week. As you know, the best way for you to get involved with the show, and I, I again ask you, please contact me, email me at Sam Hellman Scout on Twitter, shelman at scout.com is my email address, or through scarletreport.com on our premium forums, the best way to get in touch with me. Please, I welcome questions from all mediums. I'm happy to talk about whatever Rutgers stuff you guys want to hear. So we'll get to the mailbag after the news and after our interview for this week. Our guest in the body of the show, who you're going to hear from in a couple of minutes, is Aaron Henry. Aaron Henry is incredibly entertaining. And every time I talk to him, I feel a little bit dumber. And that's just because he's such an intelligent person that it's hard to keep up sometimes. He's really smart. He always has an interesting story and an interesting perspective. And I had a great conversation with him. He explains his theory on why he thinks Rutgers coach Chris Ash might be a robot. I talked to Aaron Henry about what it was like to live with Chris Ash when they were at Arkansas. Aaron Henry was a studier of Rutgers long before he was ever on the coaching radar. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. Obviously, we talk Rutgers football as well. You'll hear that in a couple of minutes. But first, here are a couple things that are on my mind that we won't touch on in the news section, but I want to give a little bit of attention to right now. First, the announcement that Chris Ash made to kick off Rutgers Media Day Sunday morning at the Hale Center. You guys know it already, but you know the bookkeeping roster stuff, Chris Ash decided to announce that at Media Day and just get it out of the way. He announced that Ronnie James, Malachi Moore, and Ahmed Ba, three scholarship players for Rutgers, will not be a part of Rutgers training camp, each for different reasons. Uh, I'll start with Ronnie James, who I hope you enjoyed my interview with him this week. I really like him. He reminds me a lot of his older brother, PJ. Uh, Ronnie James had surgery, hasn't healed up yet all the way. He's out for training camp, so he doesn't count towards their training camp roster. He's still hanging out around the school. I saw him at media day, and he told me that he thinks that by Washington game week, he'll be back in some capacity. I think it's going to be a couple weeks before we really see Ronnie James contribute defensively, and until that time, uh, you see walk-on Zane Campbell getting a lot more reps on the two-deep at safety, but really Kai Hester is the guy I look at as that third safety behind Saquon Hampton and Anthony Chaffee. Moving on to Malachi Moore, it's sad story a little bit, but also not a huge surprise. Uh, he had his own medical issues at Boston College that we've detailed. It was part of the reason why he wanted to try and move on to Rutgers for a final graduate season, but medically he was just unable to do it. He would have given Rutgers a little bit more depth at defensive end, a little more twitch in the pass rushing game, but I don't think it really hurts what Rutgers wants to do defensively. Right now, Rondell Carter is the most exciting defensive end off the bench. Darnell Davis is getting some work, and they have other depth, so I don't think it hurts him from that aspect. The good news is that Malachi Moore isn't a regular transfer. He's a graduate transfer 
which means he has his college degree. He's a really bright kid. He has a lot of interest outside of football, and I expect him to be a very successful adult. Lastly, uh, receiver Ahmed Ba from Grand Street decommitted from Kyle Flood, then signed anyway on National Signing Day at about 2.30, faxes letter over to the new Rutgers staff. He's got some paperwork issues, a citizenship thing that they're still working through with Rutgers to try and get him eligible. Most of the time, these things work out no problem. Remember Kevin Wilkins arriving late. Remember Najee Clayton arriving late. It's a little bit similar to that. They don't always work out, though, so we'll keep monitoring that. One other thing that's on my mind before we jump into our conversation with Aaron Henry. I'm not here to give cheap plugs to Rutgers or to anyone other than myself and my guests, but I want to make sure to remind everyone that Rutgers Fan Appreciation Day is this Sunday. So if you're listening to this as it drops Friday, you still have time to make plans to go Sunday I believe it's from 3 to 5 p.m. at Rutgers in the football area. Heck, I'm going even though there's no media access for it. I think that it would be crazy not to go if it's convenient for you. I mean, even if you're not an autograph guy or a selfie guy or whatever, it's a chance to learn more about what Rutgers is like behind the scenes. Watch Chris Ash interact with fans when the cameras aren't on. See how the players conduct themselves away from the practice field. There's stuff to learn from this. And most importantly to me when I look at this is that they didn't just throw something together last minute. They've clearly been planning this for a while and how they did it. And they've scheduled it in a way so that they're going to get a good turnout for the Rutgers women's soccer game that takes place right after Fan Appreciation Day at Yersack Field, which is right by the football facilities. So if you're really into Rutgers, if you need something to do Sunday before WWE SummerSlam like I do, I would recommend checking it out. It's not just fan service, fan appreciation, trying to build buzz around your program, but I think that there are things that you will learn about this team and about what Chris Ash expects and what he expects from his players how he holds them accountable. You're going to see all of that if you decide to attend the event. I'll be there as well, so come say hi. I'll probably be wearing wrestling gear because it's a big night in wrestling country. Here we go. I sat down with Rutgers assistant defensive backs coach, cornerback coach Aaron Henry at Rutgers Media Day on Sunday. We had about 50, 55 minutes of access to players and coaches, and I spent about 12 of it with Aaron Henry, so... I really devoted a lot of my time to this because he was so interesting. I didn't want to stop asking questions, but, you know, enough of me talking about it. I'd like to have you hear him in person and get to know Aaron Henry. But first, before we jump into Aaron Henry, I want to tell you a little bit more about FanEssentials.net. You've heard me talk about it on the show a couple times, and yes, it is a sponsor that helps keep this show afloat, but it's also a unique opportunity for fans that like gear, for fans that are into the whole professional sports scene, it's really a a much more convenient way to shop and the surprise of it can be fun as well. If you're a sports gear guy and I know that you are out there, I am right there with you and I know a lot of other people are too. How would you like to get all of your team's favorite merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? I'm not talking Rutgers here, I'm talking professional sports. 
I know that you guys are out there excited for training camp. Well, check out fanessentials.net. All you do is you pick your favorite sports team, and every month you get your team's gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear so you don't have to, and each fan box comes packed full with some amazing gear. It makes a great gift idea for any sports fan, or it's a great way to gear up your own closet in getting ready for your favorite teams. Prices start at just $34.99 at fanessentials.net, but I've got a special offer for all of my Scarlet Report Rutgers ScoutCast fans out there. If you use my promo code SCARLET at checkout, you're getting 30% off your first month. That's 30% off of your team's gear. So visit fanessentials.net to get all of the essentials you need. So check out fanessentials.net. Now, on to our interview. Good to see you, man. I'm doing well, brother. I'm doing well. Podcast, podcast. Mic check, one, two, one, two. <laughs> podcast. Everybody doing podcasts, man. I love them. Hey, we got a Rutgers podcast, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I love it. All right, well, we got a special guest on the Rutgers cast this week. We got special guests. Very special. That's Aaron Henry. What's going on, man? I'm doing well, brother. How about yourself, man? I'm excited to be here. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm sort of from the south, from Virginia, but mm-hmm. I'm not used to this kind of heat. Oh, this heat is, um, this heat is crazy, man. This heat's ridiculous. Uh, obviously, when you're young and growing up in South Florida, you don't understand how hot it gets until you go somewhere else, live in some other places where it's a lot cooler um, during the summers, and then you go back there and you realize, man, it's really, 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 really hot. But um, our guys have been doing a good job in it, and we've been keeping them hydrated, and it, and it has been hot. It has been some hot days, but they're fighting through. Your, your corners are, I mean, you got some Florida guys there that yeah. may be used to the heat, but how have they adjusted just how much harder they're being pushed? They're all being pushed harder now no than they were pushed with the old staff. Like, how are they adjusting to that? Um, I think the biggest key in all of this is forced hydration. We have to, we have to hydrate these guys because, obviously, um, they're running a lot. My guys are running a lot, and because they're running a lot, they have to hydrate, and we have to force them to hydrate because if you – put a bottle to a kid's mouth sometimes he's going to say no well he has no choice but to say yeah he has no choice but to drink you know and so um when i hear that with college students i usually think of something a little different no choice but to drink right 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 <laughs> they, they, they they do it's just it's, it's just completely different around because what we're asking our guys to do um um out there on the islands there's they're going to be forced to run a lot more um forcing them to lose um um potentially more weight forcing them to lose um potentially more energy you know and so we have to replenish them by forcing them to hydrate and drink Gatorade do you like being a, a press man team the way that you guys are into that so far listen man that's how I was born and raised that's the only thing I know um um obviously in my playing day we, we did things a little different but um I, I wouldn't want it no other way you know and I, I think that was part of the reason why coach Ash brought me in here um because he knows that's what I want to do. Um, and and it, is, it is a large physical task for my guys. Um, but I, I think they're going to rise to the occasion. Um, I, I think they're going to step up to the plate when, when their number's being called. And um, in order to be a really, really good press team, you got to do that stuff every day, and we do. Last time we talked to you, you mm-hmm. told us that you once lived with Coach Ash. I did, I did, I did. Uh, you got some dirt? Uh, I wouldn't say dirt. I wouldn't say dirt. Um, obviously, um, Coach Ash may be a robot. He he just may be a robot. He um, I'm sorry. Um, he he, he doesn't sleep much, man. He doesn't sleep much, and in a few hours he does sleep. I mean, he he's up and at it again, and 
um, um, the only reason why I say he may be a robot is because it's like he's like he never stops, man, and it's 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 cool to see, you know, obviously being under him, um, but. I mean, the the, the guy is uh, he he's he's special, man. In terms of, I mean, he's always he's always going, and and it's crazy how a guy can um, sleep that that little and still be like on point, wiry. You know, he can spit stuff out. His recall is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? He's very very special in, in that capacity. You hear a lot of famous executives being called robots. You know, the Vince McMahon's mm-hmm. and the Mark Zuckerberg's mm-hmm. and all. Of these. Is that something that goes top down? Like you see him do that, and so you kind of want to mirror that. No doubt, man. No doubt. Obviously, um, obviously, you're you're. I think as humans, um, especially in this line of work, um, if if you're part of the media, if you're part of um, coaches, if you're part of um, uh, um, um, a football team or a football staff or, or any sport, you want to be competitive all around, no matter who it is. And um, I think what he does what coach ash does as a human being obviously you want to be able to compete with him in, in that aspect and, and it does push you in every aspect of your life because you you've seen um what he's been able to do and the the success that he's had and so yeah, you definitely want a piece of that man because he, he 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 has been able to have a sustained amount of success you know what i'm saying at, at a very very elite level and, and 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 been able to keep it uh just a couple more questions the two newcomers that have gotten the most work so far mm-hmm. Kobe Marfo and Ross Douglas mm-hmm. how are they adjusting to to the Rutgers style um they're adjusting i think they're adjusting very 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 well um um i don't think people understand how much running that they were going or, or those kids understand how much running that they were they were going to have to do once they got here but um um because of what we're um asking them to do they have they have had to run more but they've adjusted totally fine, man. They've adjusted really, really well. Um, another young buck, obviously, Damon Hayes. Um, and he's he, he's been doing some really, really good things as well, man. And and um, all those guys, I think, just add tremendous value to our secondary. Uh, yeah, I'm from D.C., mm-hmm. so Damon and Kobe are my guys. Like mm-hmm. I like that D.C. swagger no that doubt. they have. Uh, what kind of attitude? Like if you, if you had to describe this cornerback room, mm-hmm. how would you describe the attitude? Um. Cause you know when you're a corner, you gotta have an. Attitude. Yeah, yeah, and and, and 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 all of them do carry. Um, they do carry a swagger, and they do carry um, a certain kind of confidence, and, and you do have to have those to play the cornerback position. Um, but right now, um, the attitude and perspective is 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 kind of unknown. Right. You know, and and um, actually, I end up naming the group that. I end up naming the group our cornerback room unknown, because one, nobody knows who we are. Nobody has any idea who we are. Um, the jury's still out on the secondary in this cornerback unit because of what's been happening in the past, you know. And um, and I just challenge those guys um, to to not only take pride in this football team and this state and and, and and the history of this program, but take pride in what you do as a living. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows who you are. When people think of cornerbacks. Um, in secondary as a whole, they, they've had special players come out of this place, right. but they don't specifically talk about Rutgers c- cornerbacks on a day, on a daily basis outside of obviously the McCourty twins and 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 the, and the handful of guys they have from here. They talk about the SEC. They talk about um, the Ohio State of the world and and, and Wisconsin, of course, and in, in Wisconsin, right? <laughs> they had some pretty good DBs a couple years ago, right? No doubt, no doubt. And I try I try to push these guys to to be in that group that that people talk about you know right now we are unknown nobody has no idea who we are but you can make a name for yourself you can you if you if i'm going to push you guys to the limit coach Ash is going to push you guys to the limit but you can make a name for yourself and we can do something special here 
and, and, and it don't got to be a two or three year process, you know. It, 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 it doesn't have to be four or five years down the road for you to, for, for you to handle your business and do what you're capable of doing. All right, I got three more questions on the podcast. Good, brother. And they're weird questions because you got to get weird at the end of a podcast. <laughs> um, I ask I ask everyone the same three. So I guess when you look at Rutgers football or Rutgers athletics, who would you say is your favorite player? Rutgers Past, football. Past, present, anything like that. Like, is there a guy that you've watched on film since you started working here or someone like that? You mentioned the McCordys already. I mean, the, the it, so before I got to Rutgers, I was at Arkansas with Rob Smith. Oh. Who was who was who coached the corners and um, he I think he was a DC here for a short period of time. Yeah, two years. But um, um, he I kind of I watched I did watch the McCordys, but he he spoke about them in the sense of how they were students of the game. Um, and obviously being a DB guy, um, I take a lot of pride in being a student of the game, you know, because that that's obviously going to help you that much more on the field. But um, I'll probably say those are some of my favorite guys, just simply based off the fact that they they were DBs. They've had a lot of success at the NFL level. They had had a lot of success um, at the college level, and they were not highly recruited kids. Correct. They weren't highly recruited kids. They just went out there and worked their tails off. And um, 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 the guys who were recruiting them, did, recruiting them did a great job, whoever that was, in, in, in finding them. And uh, supposedly the story goes that I guess the day before signing day or on signing day, they end up signing here. And right. so that's a, that's a very, very special story in itself. And um, I think those guys are, 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 are guys that I, I really, really appreciate um, that came from this program. And it also gives my guys uh, um, an opportunity to know that, listen, it wasn't too long ago you had – Potential, I mean, first-round guys come out of this program. Why not you? Cool. Uh, second question, I don't think Arkansas is going to be part of your answer here, but what's your favorite memory when you think about Rutgers? My favorite memory when I think Maybe about – Maybe getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know what's crazy? So, um, as I was getting my master's at Arkansas, right, as I'm getting my master's at Arkansas, um, we um, – we did a segment in my master's class because my, my master's was um, sports management. We did a segment for about two weeks on um, on Rutgers and where college football started. Oh. Now, I had no idea, no idea that I was going to get the job. This is before Coach Ash took the job. Um, this was before any of that happened. Um, and I always t- talk to my guys about the power of intention. And um, lo and behold, towards the end of the season, um, Coach Ash gets this job. I ended up getting hired, and it was just – it was. I guess you call it irony. It was crazy um, how all of that kind of. I call it fate. Yeah, you know, no, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you you can definitely call it that, but it's crazy how all of that stuff kind of, kind of fell in place as I was studying um, um, the first college football game in Rutgers, and then obviously getting the job. So, all right, last thing, most important thing, you get to eat one more meal at Rutgers. Where are you going? One more meal at Rutgers. Where am I going? You found a restaurant yet? You, you know like? what? It's one that's right at my house. It's Deltas. Deltas. Oh, Deltas. Deltas. Food. That's, that food is amazing. So, obviously, I hadn't been to a, a bunch of different places to eat, but that's probably the only one that I kind of really know about because it's right there because I don't have much time to um, walk around and see the city. But I, I've been there. The food's incredible. Um, soul food's amazing, 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 amazing. Um, and um, fried cod. The fried cod is, 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 is unbelievable. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate Thank you, it, brother. I appreciate you, thanks man. Time, you have man. a good one. You too. Okay, folks, well, to start the news this week, it's just me for a minute. Brian Doan, Scout National Recruiting Analyst, will join us to continue the news in a little bit. But first, I just want to uh, deliver, I guess, a message and then introduce a new segment here on the news. Those of you that know me or have been following me know that 
I, I can be very cynical, and I think a lot of that came through on the podcast last week in our discussion of the depth chart. I know it came off as pretty negative, but what I will say is that I saw a lot in the scrimmage that impressed me. I've seen a lot in training camp and in the spring that impressed me about Rutgers as well, and I have no doubt that Rutgers is heading in a better direction under Chris Ash's leadership compared to where it was. Now, with that said, you know, I'm not afraid to be critical, especially people that know us on Scarlet Report know that we're not going to cover up the truth to try and make Rutgers look better or anything like that. We're just going to say what we think. And I think that you heard that last week, but you're also going to hear that this week, and that's why I want to debut a new segment called Five Things That I Love. And this week we're going to talk five things that I love right now about Rutgers football. Let's start with the first thing that I love about what Rutgers football is doing right now, and that is strength and conditioning. This team is... That's me knocking on my wooden desk. The healthiest I've ever seen Rutgers at this point in the season. There literally are, I don't know, five, five scholarship players that are out right now. Kamoko Ture is out for really an unsure amount of time. He has been cleared for contact. After Ronnie James' surgery, he's out until about mid-September. He told me he hopes he can be back practicing by Washington game week. You know, Trevor Morris, I know, missed the last scrimmage. Robert Martin's a little bit banged up. But honestly, with most teams by now, you're talking about multiple season-ending injuries. So I love that Rutgers is conditioned and mentally tough enough right now to stay healthy because when the depth isn't great your conditioning is what makes the difference number two there's two stories that I love and they are both from uh, way down south down the shore and that's Kevin Marquez and Vance Matthews these two guys are walk-ons that you know what (sighs) lots of schools including Rutgers said you have no business being here on the scholarship level, and they both came to Rutgers and proved a lot of people wrong, and they're going to have impacts this season. Vance Matthews came right from high school, uh, committed to Rutgers, I believe, and after signing day, probably right around the spring game, I think was the first time I met him, and it was on his official visit. And then he came here, he came to Rutgers, and he sat around and did very little on the field for about three years. But he kept working, he kept grinding, he's getting his college degree, and he earned a scholarship at wide receiver in Kyle Flood's last year. And right now, he's a starting wide receiver in a spread offense. Drew Merringer knows good wide receivers. He's coached a lot of them, so is Jafar Williams. And they think very highly of Vance Matthews, and honestly, it's these kinds of stories that make me proud at times to be like, all right, I'm glad that I was wrong on this one, because I, I didn't see Vance Matthews in high school as a big-time college prospect. And he's proven a lot of people wrong, and I'm glad that to say that I'm one of them. The same goes for Kevin Marquez, who had to go prep school for Fork Union to get some academics in order. He played fullback, learned a lot of good lessons from a guy named Michael Burton at fullback, learned how to earn a scholarship at fullback from Michael Burton, followed in his footsteps. But the fullback doesn't exist anymore, so he was happy to jump in, work some linebacker, and no, I don't think he's going to pass Deontay Roberts on the two deep for the starting middle linebacker job. But I think he's going to have a very good year. Kevin Marquez, for those that have followed Rutgers, I've talked about him. You hear about him in the 10 and 10 all the time as a guy, oh, he made a great play on special teams. That's what he's going to do this year. He's going to be a really good special teams player for Rutgers. And if he does come in for Deontay Roberts, I don't think it's going to be a major drop-off. So I love that as well. 
Number three, here's something that I love about the Rutgers quarterback battle right now. It's a battle, we'll discuss this more when Brian joins the show, this is a battle between two quarterbacks that are both playing well. Normally it's, oh man, like, who's the, the lesser of two evils of players that are struggling? Well, Zach Allen and Chris Laviano have both done a lot of things right. It's not the same things, they're, they're different kids, but I love that both of them are performing at a relatively high level right now. The Rutgers offense doesn't usually jump out and, and impress in training camps. I remember, I rem- heck, I remember Mike Teal's senior year watching those training camp scrimmages when they're trying to figure out how to replace Ray Rice, and it was a mess. But then they clicked eventually. This is an offense that's already starting to click, and they know their identity, so I love that. Number four and five on the things I love fall on either side of the trenches. I love the progress that the first five offensive linemen have made for Rutgers. Um, I think that both tackles are tremendously improved, and they're upgrades athletically from what Rutgers had. The experience factor is still a huge issue on the bookends, something that Rutgers is going to have to address, but... I went into last offseason building towards this year, even before there was a coaching change when it looked like Kyle Flood could come back saying, well, what the heck is Rutgers going to do at tackle next year? And that's not even a concern for me anymore. Offensive line, specifically left tackle, was my probably number two or three concern going into the offseason, and now it's, I think, one of the bigger strengths of the team. Speaking of strengths of the team, number five thing that I love about Rutgers right now is the Rutgers defensive line. There are legitimately seven or eight players that are ready to go right now to play at a high level. They're all bulked up. I know that it's a little disappointing that Malachi Moore wasn't able to get medically cleared. Uh, You guys know or can go on his page on Scout and read about his past medical issues and how they affected him at Boston College. I don't really need to go into it. But the the guys that they do have on the defensive line – I, I'm, I really like him. JPO specifically is someone that Shane Burnham told me is really standing out. I asked him who's standing out, and usually coaches say, oh, they're all standing out. No, Shane Burnham is a straight shooter. He said Julian Penix Odrick is doing a great job. I agree. Darius Hamilton, the more I see from him, the more confident I am that he'll be able to bring something to the table this year. I still don't think he's going to be 100%, but he's done, done great. Defensive end, I don't know where the pressure is going to come. But I do know that you have some really experienced defensive ends that like to hit. And these are the five things that I love right now about Rutgers. Now we're going to transition into the rest of the news with Brian. And uh, we're going to talk Rutgers scrimmages. Here we go. Brian Doan is here with me again. Lucky you. Yeah, very lucky me. Um, You know, just we're always just talking sports anyway. So might as well do it with the record button on. In the news this week, obviously, we're going to talk about the last week of Rutgers football where there were some pretty interesting on-field developments, and I guess that starts with the open scrimmage. Saw some of you guys there. Brian and I were there. Uh, props to anyone that survived it until the end and stuck it out. Those are the... Uh, All six of you. Yeah, the uh, the Rutgers diehards, as they say. I guess we'll just start it. We came off as a little negative going over the depth chart, and... Obviously, we have some concerns, but I'll tell you what, after Saturday, some of those concerns at least have been alleviated. Brian, what did you take away from Saturday? Uh, I took a couple things away. One, this team is in tremendous shape because it was a tad bit toasty out there, 100 degrees, 
legit 100 degrees, and then you factor on turf, humidity, uh, just really a miserable day, to be honest with you. That they were able to finish it. You didn't have guys going down left and right. We didn't have any of the infamous body cramps where guys get, you know, pulled off on a cart. I took that away from it. I took away from the fact that people aren't going to want to be injured because (laughs) they got to sit in the corner for two hours and lift weights and do crunches and rehab and all that stuff in full gear without the helmet, usually. Uh, It will not be fun. It's nice to see that the water has cleared up and Piscataway Beach is open again. And so that's going to be utilized. And then I think, you know, the biggest thing I took out of it is, look, I still think Chris Laviano will be the starting quarterback, but Zach Allen, and, and it's between the two of them, okay? No Let's question. make that clear. It's, it's a two-man it's, battle. Right. And then we'll see what happens the first month of the season if it doesn't go well, if Tylen Odin gets involved, whatever. But Zach Allen has a better skill set to run this offense. Now, does that mean he's gonna? No, he still has to make the right decisions. He still has to get rid of the ball quickly and on time. He was lollipopping a couple of the throws. But when you look at a read option where the guy who can run between the tackles, he looked more athletic. He looked quicker getting up the field when he was running. He looked natural running between the tackles. I don't know if he'll be able to absorb the pounding that you would take as a quarterback in this offense if you're going to run the ball because you don't only have to run it. Um, I came away thinking I want to see another scrimmage because he's going to play. I don't know when it's going to be, but if that scrimmage was an indication, at some point in the month of September he will play. I completely agree. This is a run-first offense, and whether that is a traditional handoff to a running back or everything they're doing with the wide receivers, the read option, the bootleg option. It's a run first team and Zach Allen is the best runner as a quarterback. He understands how to run the option better because he has more experience doing it. So I think from that he he fits it very well. Chris Laviano, his throws are still not lasers, but he's played better. He, I thought he ran the offense well. You could tell that he was a little more in control than Zach Allen when it came to the operational stuff. He knows this roster better and has been doing it longer. Uh, both of them looked good enough for a first scrimmage. The kinds of mistakes that I saw in this scrimmage were encouraging mistakes because, you know, sometimes watching the last couple renditions of Rutgers, you'd see some kind of errors and stuff that just didn't make sense. They were so strange. Whereas this time you're talking about a false start or a delay of game or the fumble problems. That kind of stuff is normal for the first week of camp. So to see that on Saturday last week wasn't a concern for me. No, it wasn't. And then, you know, some other things I look at, I don't care where Josh Hicks is on the depth chart watching him run. I think he's the best running back they have. Um, So maybe there's some other things going on. I don't know. Um, For whatever reason, he looked good running between the tackles. Uh, Linebacker play concern with the speed there the DBs Isaiah Wharton got beat a little bit of a concern because of how much they want to play press man and leave a guy out on the edge but on the flip side of that he was in position to make a play all three times he got beat deep and just didn't locate the ball Uh, in talking to him I think that's stuff that you wind up coaching up a little bit better and he gets better at it I think the secondary look good at times 
offensive line had some trouble with a couple of the stunts and everything, but uh, overall I thought they were quicker. But you know, you mentioned of what stands out: the tempo, the intensity, the attention to detail, everything you'd want out of a good head football coach. I thought some guys obviously looked good, and other guys didn't. I think that. The, that's probably the dumbest thing you possibly say, right? That some guys look good and others didn't. But Thanks, I coach. Yeah. I'll He's just, also in the mix. Yeah, I went to Rutgers too. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you saw how good some of these first-team players can be. You also saw how much of a problem the depth can be. Trevor Morris was out with a knee, and Eric Margolis is the guy that stepped in. And he's had a very good camp. But you have Eric Margolis step in there, and Najee Clayton goes down or needs to take a couple series off, and you have 201-pound Greg Jones come in. I'm not saying these guys haven't worked hard and had good camps, but that, those aren't Big Ten linebackers yet. So you see the depth issues, and you're going to continue to see that, but Chris Ash said it at his media day last week that you guys heard, and I thought that he both jinxed himself, but also it was a pretty smart thing to say. He said, look, we've been pretty – good with injuries so far because of the way we condition. Uh, they only have three or four guys that are injured right now. So if you can somehow magically continue that through the season, then depth isn't as much of an issue. In this week's scout recruiting spotlight, we're going out of your region, Brian, and we're taking a look at Hilliard Bradley, Ohio, three-star defensive end, Brendan Bordner, one of the few guys not from the quote-unquote Rutgers area that they're after and doing very well with right now. He's visited twice. He visited for the little barbecue gimmick that Rutgers had going into training camp. Rutgers is in his top four. He wants to decide soon as an early enrollee, and I could very easily see him joining the defensive line class of Joan Duggan and Mike DeVertoff. Yeah, I think if he did not commit to Rutgers right now, it would be an upset Talking to our guys out there, Alan True and Bill Green, who you know just lock things down in Ohio and do a great job of covering the state there. You know, it's just a matter of making sure you're comfortable and and going through your final checks and, and all that stuff. I know Kentucky's making a big run at him. You know, they're selling the whole big Blue Nation and, and kind of the renaissance of Kentucky football. But it's the familiarity he has with Rutgers and the staff, and just the comfort he has. And, you know, he's a guy that Rutgers really wants badly. We've seen that they want to stay in region for most guys. But if they can cherry-pick somebody, and especially it is not a very good year at defensive end in the East region, especially within 100 miles of the Rutgers campus, there are not a ton of DNs out there that can play in the Big Ten. It makes sense to go to Ohio where you have some connections just because of where some staff members have been the past few years so yeah I mean right now I'd be surprised if he doesn't wind up committing but before the start of his season yeah I don't care who you are what your background is if you grew up in Ohio you follow Ohio State to a certain degree so for that I think that no matter who the kid is that's checking out this school you're going to be like oh I've seen him on the sidelines at Ohio State games oh Urban Meyer says nice things about this guy wow some of these traditions and things that we're talking about here are stuff that Ohio State does it doesn't hurt for recruiting any Ohio kid, and Chris Ash has a very good reputation in that area now. I mean, he's a, he won them a national championship as a defensive coordinator. 
So that all that helps. What I like about Brendan Bordner, not only is the whole early enrollment thing and saving you a scholarship for the class if you want to bring in another kid, but I like him because I think he's someone that can be the spokesperson type, both as a recruit and as a member of a college football team. He, he's very well-spoken. He's very polite. He always gets back to you if you need something. He gives you thoughtful quotes. and I think he'd be a good ambassador for Rutgers, and I think that it doesn't hurt to get a kid from Ohio. There's always more work involved when you're recruiting a kid from outside of your region because even though he's been to campus a few times, it's not like Jonathan Taylor who you know, is toying around with some visits where you can get him on campus easily or or a guy like Ola Kunle Futakazi who you can get on campus pretty easily from Brooklyn even though he just made a visit to Maryland. It just takes a lot more work even after you have him committed to keep him on board, but this staff has shown a willingness and an ability to work hard in recruiting, so I, I think it's minimized by it, and I think you hit it on the head. It's not like Chris Ash was the coach at Youngstown State or the coach at Hofstra or wherever. He's, he comes with a, a big pedigree of Wisconsin, Arkansas, Ohio State, and so kids know him, and, and he's recruited the Midwest for a while, so there is a comfort level there as well. I think with Bordner, when he's making his decision, he's going to sit around and say, you know what, I'm looking at these schools, I look at Rutgers, and I'm looking at the better team. Welcome to the Rutgers Mailbag, our weekly segment where we talk on-topic questions from our listeners and have a little fun going off-topic as well. The best way to get your questions into me are through scarletreport.com as one of our premium members. Hit me up and you get first dibs. But this week, the other way... you should give out your cell phone number so people can just text you the questions. uh, The best thing about iPhones is that you can block people. I know. Try calling me. Yeah, exactly. It's... This question uh, on topic this week came from Twitter, and the question was, what happened to Isaiah Johnson? He's a guy that was a co-starter, and now he's not even on the 2D, the linebacker. Um, You want to start, Brian? Yeah, he's not good enough. That's the short answer of it, yeah. um, Isaiah Johnson's a guy that came in because they were desperate for middle linebackers. All they had was Brandon Russell at the time. They identified him pretty late, which... Happens a lot. I believe Fred Mariani's the guy that found him, who is no longer working here. He's a guy that played running back his whole life and realized he should probably be a linebacker, so he only played it in junior college. And when he got here, he just had trouble adjusting to the speed of it, I think. He's a really nice kid. He works hard. I could see him play a little on special teams, but he's just not what Rutgers is looking for defensively right now, middle linebacker. No, and you look at it, and there's always a premium on middle linebackers in the college game, right? And you know, you don't. You know, a lot of the kids in high school play outside and they move inside. So if you can find a true middle linebacker, you jump on it. Saying that, you, you have to look at circumstance and you have to look at reality. And, and you've heard me use this before with Gary Nova when everybody complained about him not being this unbelievable quarterback. And I said, you know, at the time he's playing for the number one team in the nation, and he had. Darius Hamilton, Leonte Carew, Yuri Wright, and Elijah Shoemate on his team, and he had and, uh, a, this guy called Jabril Peppers. And Jabril was there for a year. Just, just don't forget him. He's important. Uh, I know. And Gary Nova had, I think, six scholarship offers, which means a lot of schools saw him and didn't think he was good enough. Well, now you move ahead, you're looking for a middle linebacker, and one of Isaiah's teammates wound up going to, I believe, Ole Miss at San Francisco City College, which is City College San Francisco, which is heavily recruited, one of the top ones in Northern California, 
and nobody else was really moving on him. So a lot of schools came in and saw him. Uh, he was a qualifier, which is how Rutgers was able to get him. So it's not like you know a lot of schools couldn't get him. Rutgers was desperate. They had nothing else. So they went and they took a flyer on him. Just wasn't good enough. Not his fault. Just circumstance. And great kid. Hopefully he plays on special teams. But in order to play on special teams here, they say you got to be on too deep. So we'll see if he can fit his way into the special teams. I think, you know, if you're good enough on special teams, they'll find a way to bend it to get you onto the too deep for it. But, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for him being good enough. And then in this defense where you, you need a little more speed at middle linebacker than maybe in other defenses, it, it really doesn't fit. Yeah, worst case scenario, you still have a senior who carries himself well, he's going to get a college degree, and he is a practice body that works hard. Yeah, you, I mean... Can't all be starters. Can't all be stars. It takes everything to build a team. Going off topic this week, Brian, uh, the question came in is, you guys with your jobs spend a lot of time on your phones, talking to the two of us. Uh, what's your favorite game to play on your phone? <laughs> well, Sam, through the years I've gone through some different games that I've enjoyed, either on my phone or on my PC. I, I liked Farmville. I'm not sure if you remember Farmville or not. Um, used to love to play that. Uh, then it was Candy Crush until I got to level about 1,800, and it drove me absolutely crazy that it just took so long to get through levels. So my latest, I play with my kids, and I did it. You know, it's always for the kids. A likely excuse. Always do it for the kids so them and, you know, we can play together and do things. So I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a game called Pokemon Go. I don't huh. know if you're familiar with it. Huh. Um, they have different characters. Some are called... Lickitung, others, Jinx, which, you know, when you get one of those, you're excited. We, you should be around when my kids get a great character like Jinx, and they get excited. So for me right now, my go-to is Pokemon Go. I think the biggest disappointment of the scrimmage on Saturday was it was so hot and so sunny, my phone got too hot and I couldn't hit all the Pokestops during the scrimmage. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Well, it's got to be Pikachu, just because that's who it represents. Um, and Let me guess, you're also a Yankees fan. I don't watch baseball. But with Pikachu, my, my big problem was on Saturday night last week, go to Chipotle, I'm in the parking lot, there's a Pikachu, throw a Powerball at him, got him, freaking escapes after one, and he's gone. Yes, a Powerball. I'm sure that that's a thing that exists in Pokemon Go. Uh, my favorite cell phone game, and you need no explanation, is called WWE Supercard. Check it out. Uh, beyond that, if I have to explain to you why I like that game, then I don't know why you're listening. Well, thanks, Brian, for joining me in the news. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation. We actually recorded that from the visiting athletic director's suite at High Point Solutions Stadium, one of the more enjoyable recording sessions we've had in terms of where we do the actual recording. Special thanks to Rutgers Athletics for putting on a, an interesting, unique media day. That's how I was able to get Aaron Henry for you. And obviously, a thank you to Aaron Henry as well for giving us time and giving us real answers and interesting answers instead of just coach speak. That's one of my favorite things about this new Rutgers staff is that you don't get a lot of coach speak. And then Aaron Henry, obviously, I think you're seeing this on the podcast with some of our guests so far. Those Florida guys, they're entertaining, and he really brought some of that Florida entertainment. So I appreciated that as well. If you enjoyed hearing Aaron Henry, let him know that he didn't waste his time, that I'm not just some 
Mook wasting his time on Media Day. Give him a thanks. Tweet him at AaronHenry7. Tell him that you like the show. Maybe something funny that he said that you liked. That uh, Chris Ash robot line got me. I had to cut a little bit because I was laughing so hard. So that's another week of the Rutgers Scoutcast in the books. We're getting longer episodes now that I'm getting more accustomed to podcasting. I'm new to this too, so it's taken me a while to learn what you guys like, what you don't like, and I think that we have a pretty good formula going right now. I appreciated the feedback that many fans gave me about adding a second podcast, maybe as a post-game breakdown after games this season. I think I'm going to do that. I need to figure out exactly how I want to do it, but you can look for those probably Sundays, Sunday night late after games or maybe first thing Monday morning for your commutes to work. Again, check out fanessentials.net if you're looking to get some gear for the upcoming season. I hope that those of you that are subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher enjoyed some of the little media day specials that we've been putting out this week. Brian had some fun conversations with Rutgers assistant coaches. I thought there's a lot of good information there, so I hope everyone liked that as well. Obviously, we put those up first for our premium members on Scarlet Report. Speaking of Scarlet Report, I'm the publisher there, and I appreciate everyone that has gotten into the podcast because of what I do there. If you were into the podcast because you're into Rutgers, you found it on iTunes or something, and don't know about ScarletReport.com, please check it out. Shoot me a message. Shoot me an email, and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. But until then, I'd just like to say thanks for listening to another episode. Please rate and review in iTunes if you haven't. I know I say that a lot, but that's because it's the best way that this show stays alive and stays relevant and gets new listeners. With that said, I am Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.